0: welcome back to the Build It Podcast. Uh, non-league soccer—I don't want to call it a roundup, but chat. Uh, my, uh, joining me, as ever, my co-host John Hall. Hi, John. What's up? Look at that—splendid! And a brand new decal, County United scarf. It's a beautiful thing. And yeah, joining nice us this like week—yeah, it is, isn't it? He, he carries it well, like a, a poor man's Beyonce. Um, poor and joining man. us Just this week from. Man yeah well <laughs> eventually i'll get your name out christian all the way from sunny florida or sunny-ish florida this time of year um palm beach breakers very own christian franic hello christian how you doing
1: i'm good thank you and you're one of the Lovely. few people who pronounces my last name correctly how else can you pronounce it uh well especially because i grew up in the south it was Franic a lot of oh, times. Frantic, okay. you say you say phronic which is Fronic, yes. accurate France you see that's all it is just...
0: <laughs> but uh no, hey ho um thank you very much for joining us Christian um just in the interest of clarity we got chatting because through your beautiful merch jerseys and whatnot uh that I purchased for a friend of mine but um we will touch on your um marketing I guess for want of a better word soon enough but Just for everyone listening, can you give us a brief breakdown of your soccer story before we get into Palm Breakers, Palm
1: Beach? Sure. I'll try to make it as fast as possible because I'm (laughs) sure this kind of stuff is really mind-numbing to some people. But um, started out playing uh, high school soccer, played a little bit in college, um, lost interest for a while, and then came back and just started playing pickup. And in the process of playing pickup, I notified, uh, this was when I lived in uh, Northwest Florida, what's called the Florida Panhandle. I uh, notified the county that I was interested in why they couldn't have better facilities and equipment and stuff. And someone with the county said, oh, it's so funny that you contacted us. We need a youth soccer person, director, in your part of the county. And I was like, no, that's not what this is about. They had me uh, uh, join them for... Um, lunch one day and I got talked into it and uh, did that for about three and a half years and was hugely successful. And uh, when I moved to South Florida, I was kind of interested in doing something similar, but the youth is covered here. Uh, Some would say overly covered here. Um, So I kind of shifted my focus to, you know, adult. Uh, It was kind of strange to me that Miami being a big metropolitan area, which when I moved back was 2011, didn't have a professional soccer team anywhere uh, in South Florida, uh, which for those who don't know, that's Miami-Dade County, Broward County, and then Palm Beach County. Um, And so uh, a couple of years later, after getting a, a feel for the area, there was an announcement that Beckham was interested in bringing MLS to Miami. And so of course, all the creative juices were flowing. And Me and a couple of other people came up with a whole uh, naming convention and design and everything. And oddly enough, it was Inter-Miami. And um, the name was Inter-Miami. So we had this kind of novel idea, especially for the United States, that we would start a supporters trust, which is very rare in the United States. And um, we would therefore all the rights to the name and the design and everything we'd worked on and everything. Would belong to the trust. And if uh, what is now Inner Miami was smart enough, they would uh, pick the name Inner Miami. Well, they, of course, the, the whole Beckham thing carried on for five, six years before uh, MLS was a- actually able to, to get going on a team here. By then, uh, a lot had happened. And um, there's still a little bit of a dispute about who came up with the name, but. They have a lot more money than we do. So um, <laughs> we kind of just let it go and, and said, hey, they're using the name that we we wanted. So um, in the process, I was living in Miami-Dade County in an area called Sunny Isles and moved to Broward County, Fort Lauderdale, which is a little bit north, and that was still close enough to be involved on, on a certain level. But once I moved up to Palm Beach County, that was a little far from Miami for me to think that I would be able to commit. Uh as much energy to to enter Miami, which should be in Miami but is actually in Fort Lauderdale now um and uh so I got up here to Palm Beach County and I looked around and i said, there's a lot of soccer people here, adults, not youth, because again well covered in south Florida and uh I said, you know why why can't somebody get a team going here and there were there were a couple of semi pro teams, like two. And um, so uh, there wasn't one representing West Palm Beach, which is the city center of Palm Beach County, and um, put a team together. Of there's a local competitive rec league, uh, put a put a team together of some guys there, and talked to the guy who ran the league, and he was on board. And I was like, "Hey, here's what we want to do. It's going to be fan and player owned, and uh, as we were mentioning in a conversation previously." Not a millionaire here, not even a hundred thousandaire. Um, so um, we just we just got the interest from the players and and the local people, and uh, all the best players started coming to our team, and and so we dominated that league, won the regular season, won the playoffs, all that, and the players were like, "Hey, we're ready to move up and to something more competitive." And UPSL was still fairly new down here, and they were like, "You guys got to come play in our league." So we made what is a considerable considerable jump as far as uh, commitment and responsibility and things like that, especially for the players. We played in UPSL for a couple of seasons. We played for another league called FGCL, and we're actually playing in there right now. And then we are also returning uh, in March to a, to a league called NSL, which is the most competitive league, probably like your league, John most competitive league in South Florida and um, hopefully if things go as planned we will be going to Nisa Nation in the fall so we're trying to progress as a club but we're also trying to provide an opportunity for players to get in at different levels and assuming that they uh, succeed they can just keep moving up and hopefully you know, maybe get discovered and, and join a pro league and a pro team.
0: Cool, cool. Is that ostensibly the same team? Um in competing in those varying leagues that you spoke about, or do you have separate setups? Almost like so, an a team, a B team?
1: So right now we don't I mean that would be the plan. We would have uh separate teams. Um FGCL would, would probably be the lower team on that on that uh ladder. Um uh let's see, what did I say? NSL would be the uh <laughs> the center team and then Nisa Nation for now yeah. would be the, the top team.
0: Okay. How do you go about stacking that? And I don't mean in terms of players, because there's always players, but genuinely in terms of the, the boring admin stuff, the nonsense. Is it all just you and a spreadsheet or do you have a willing team of volunteers behind you?
1: Well, I wouldn't say team of volunteers, but we, we have people, I guess it is a team of volunteers. Uh, Boots on the ground is the hardest part. Uh, You always have people that are interested in things like this because they either have a love of the game or just the, you know, the sports team concept being involved with the sports team. Um, So we have directors of which we have five, including myself. And then we have, I have an assistant coach at the time that's uh, helping us. And uh, so along with, Players to fill out these teams. We're also looking for coaches currently.
2: Yeah. So, so you're are you the general manager? Is that your your title? So you are the main point club, of contact.
1: Club general manager, main point of contact. I definitely uh prefer not to be involved with coaching. I just want to help the day, you know, the running of the team. I don't want to have to show up to practices, quite frankly
2: so what what's how how are you guys set up business structure wise
1: business business structure wise again we have a trust which is a non-profit trust um and that owns all the um ip intellectual property so uh at one point we actually did uh try to separate but it just functionally makes more sense and it's a waste of money to have three different entities versus Because we had the team and then we had the trust and then we had a youth because we were going to try to get a youth program going, which we are still going to try to do. Um, And uh, I think really just having the one entity, the trust, is enough.
0: Yeah, I
2: I agree. Maintaining the administrative stuff of any business is just, as Nick says, it's just spreadsheets and and to have more of those doesn't really make a lot of sense.
1: Um, Exactly.
2: So with your group of four or five directors, five directors, I think, Um like, what is your, this is the nerdy stuff that I get, like, I try sure. to explain that it takes a lot of time and effort. So, like, how often are you guys meeting? How much of the stuff is, like, what's, what's your week to week, month to month look like? Communications, like, yeah. so
1: we're probably not nearly as formal as some teams. Um We are all, <laughs> I'm a big fan of um, WhatsApp. Because uh, anybody can reach out at any time. And um, so that is really what we depend on because some of our directors are, one of our directors is down in Miami. The other director is in Hollywood, which is in Broward County, just south of Fort Lauderdale. And then um, there's myself and another director that's up here in Palm Beach County. And I can't remember where the fifth one is, but we're kind of spread out. So it's hard to get together. And uh, which, for those who don't know, Miami, depending on the traffic, can be a one hour to two hour drive. So um, there's some distance that creates uh, logistical issues. So that's why WhatsApp is is what we lean on. Sometimes we'll do a video call like this. uh, But generally, we can get the responses to the big questions pretty quickly back. And everybody just kind of follows along as they're able.
2: No, that makes sense. It's, It's. We I always try to balance, you know. I think there's some value to sort of like a, a periodic sit down like this, where we get six, seven, eight, ten people on a call, right? Um, but ultimately, if nobody's doing anything between those calls, then it doesn't really matter. And I I just think that's always
1: interesting to hear how other how other people do it. So the the yeah, big, and let me. Question. I'm sorry, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I I do want to um, say something. And and every fan owned, uh, club kind of does it differently. Um, we used San Francisco city FC as kind of a more or less an outline of what we wanted to do, but we definitely do some things differently. San Francisco city is able to like have, um, meetings in person because everybody that's involved at a operational level, um, or a or a level where their input is needed almost all live in san francisco which is you know square mileage it's pretty small and you can you know catch an uber or something anywhere that's not going to kill you um financially um so what we do is uh anyone who has become a fan owner While they don't own, and this is Chattanooga and Detroit and anybody that's given out shares loves to beat on their chest and be like, we gave away real equity in our club. But they don't let a lot most or any of their fan owners vote sometimes. So, Or they are allowed to put a representative in on the board or something like that. In our case, we use social media, which is just a Facebook group, a private Facebook group where everyone can join that Facebook group and anything that is determined by the directors as being something that uh, needs to be voted on. And the fans uh, should certainly have their say, which, by the way, letting the fans have their say is a is a great way to uh, um, kind of say, okay, you know, don't be mad at me. Because of what's happening with the club, <laughs> or you did you disagree with what's happening with the club? Don't point your finger at me. This is you know we're all in this together. It's a it's a democratic uh, system here with our club. So we set up that Facebook group, and anything that's worth voting on, we put it up there, and we give all the people that are part of that group, which is over a hundred, plenty of time to vote on it. And at, at that deadline, then you know we close the poll, and and we move forward accordingly.
2: Is that a uh, fan ownership? Is that a an annual recommitment or is that a one-time thing or, or a little bit of both?
1: So it's a little bit of both. Um, so far we haven't told anyone they're no longer a fan owner or anything like that or taken them out of the group. Um, but really um, that's something that we should probably do better at because there are plenty of fan owners that are willing to re-up for 50 bucks a year uh, or more or less and every little bit helps because as you know um you know just uh even training days i mean that's you know that can be anywhere from 50 to 100 bucks with field and lights uh and then match days are 200 plus easy so you know you get a few people that are willing to commit 50 bucks and hey it's not a huge drop in the bucket but it takes care of one weekend uh of matches
2: yeah And so that leads, that's, that's uh, always the thing. How do you fund it? What's the, what are your revenue streams?
1: Right. How do you you make
2: it work year on year?
1: Right. So I've invested thousands of dollars of my own, but that was in the beginning when I didn't know any better. So um, now it's, I try not to to throw much more than like 500 bucks, maybe a season in there. So we really lean on uh, sponsors to help us big time. And we asked the players to make a financial commitment as well, which I've found is better than them not making a financial commitment because a lot of the players, and I don't know if this is the way it's always been, but I don't know. It just seems overly frustrating uh, the past few seasons, just are very flighty. Uh, They'll they'll ghost you and, you know, you, you, you won't really know you have enough players sometimes to play a match until you get out there on match day. And that's pretty embarrassing if you don't have that have enough. Uh thankfully that hasn't happened yet. Uh but we've had deadlines uh where we've asked players to to make commitments to a match and if we don't have them by a certain day then we're like uh can we reschedule this match or in worst case scenario we'll we'll take the um forfeit but um that's rare. And um Certainly something we're working on is getting the type of player involved now, uh, who. Is more committed uh, knows what the investment uh, is not just financially at all. And, um. You know, is is going to be with us and and not going to be. Uh, somebody who's a little bit socially inept.
2: So, uh, I know Nick, I, I'll just keep going, but, um nick had wanted to dive into uh merchandise jersey sales all the cool swag stuff uh what type of impact has that had not just in brand awareness but obviously i guess ultimately in revenue to keep you sustainable
1: oh yeah we're we're very fortunate to have been uh icarus fc's first uh club that they worked with and by uh doing that i think it created a good relationship where do um, you guys know Robbie,
2: who runs Icarus? Uh We've had some conversations. We haven't used them for anything. Yeah,
1: so super nice guy. He's from Philadelphia, and um, he actually has uh, either his family or his fiance's family or something down here in in South Florida. So he came to one of our matches one time, and um, so the the kit designs and the colors and everything were very fortunate that it all came together very well for for our club and it has created enough of a buzz that we are able uh, that's another revenue source although sponsors are are probably the bigger source uh because you got to pay for the kits so we only get a, a a percentage of that uh Icarus gets another percentage and um the the amount that it costs to get those produced uh, obviously is not huge comparatively to like adidas or puma but you know still still substantial
2: so um you you mentioned sponsors too i know you put out i think last year or the year i don't know you a couple times maybe you've shared sort of your sponsorship program um which i like i like i like i put ours together for the last couple years too and I like to see what other people do and offerings and, and sort of showing value beyond that transactional, write me a check for this and I give you a high five Right. Um, or, or Nick will do a shout out on Twitter for you for $5. He'll do it right. every day for $35 a week. Um, so seeing what you did there, but, but I guess, talk a little bit about that document, how that's come about and what the bigger thing, just like this conversation we're having, like, the value of sharing information at this level of soccer and kind of what that has done for you and what you're trying to do for others.
1: Sure. Um, so yeah, we've been, again, very fortunate to have some really good sponsors, some, some seasons or years are leaner than others, but, uh, recently, um, uh, let's see, I think it was back in last spring, uh, an architectural firm from Las Vegas called KG design, uh, the guy who either owns the whole architecture firm or is just one of the principals is a huge, uh, kit guy. And he's collected kits from all over the world. And he, cont- he's, he, saw, we were looking for a sponsor, loves our kits. Um, we, we provided, uh, uh, him and his family, uh, uh, their own, uh, their own individual kits or tops anyway. Um, and, uh, he was, he is on the front of our home and away kits or their design firm is on the front. Um, do you want me to get into what we asked for financially? Oh, no, yeah.
2: Yeah. What, no, whatever, whatever, whatever you're willing, uh, you put it out there. I mean, whatever you're willing to share. Yeah. I, I think it's pretty public have...
1: knowledge. So I don't, I don't, sure, yeah. for those who are willing to do a minimal amount of digging. So, um, we agreed to $3,000 for, for the front of the kit. Um, I think it's $500 for each sleeve. And then on the back is $1,000. And that might've changed uh, from whatever you guys were looking at. And, um, but so far so good. Uh, We seem to have gotten um, some really good uh, sponsors because of that. And then if we have like a strategic local partnership with anyone, we have a spot on the shorts that we'll put them on uh, just for, you know, helping us out. Um, So it's been really good. And then uh, our most recent front of kit sponsor for our third kit, which needed one. And then we're doing a five-year anniversary because uh, our team started five years ago this summer. Uh, We have a very uh, strategic sponsor called Marketable Sports. And um, if you don't mind, I'm just going to do a little plug real quick. Um, Marketable Sports is a app Number one uh, is is how most people should be able to see it, and you can get it on iPhone or um, what's the other one?
2: Android. <laughs> Android. Android thank
1: yeah. you. And, um, so iPhone or Android, marketable Sports, and what it allows, uh, and they're focusing just on soccer and American football uh, as they get going here, and and what it allows is a player, a coach, a manager, an owner um a recruiter a college um anybody that's looking for any of those types of people to go on there go through profiles decide if there's some strategic individuals that they would like to focus on and just reach out and say hello and start the conversation and uh i'm surprised something like that doesn't exist to a in in the extent that this does but that's what i'm being told so it's a great way i think to get especially uh those types of individuals at the level semi-pro level especially um an opportunity to kind of level the playing field and and instead of having to find an agent depend on the agent um you know do all the things that uh agents do if they're good which there's probably a lot of agents out there that aren't good. They get to they get to seize the power, and 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 it's up to them. They can upload whatever they want, pictures, videos, all the information they can fit in there, and make themselves attractive. That'll hopefully pay off.
2: Nick, is that exactly the idea that I talked to you about two weeks ago?
1: That
0: I poo pooed. No, it's not. I don't, I don't think you I mean you know better as I was it, your idea was just some sort of directory of um, this player needs a game, but I, you know, I could be wrong. Um, respectfully, I see the value in that relationship, but how do you um sell how do you proposition value to your common or garden sponsors? Like, what is it? What's in it for? jimmy's corner shop or whatever local sponsors you've got that don't necessarily have tens of thousands
1: right um so uh we're super active on social media and uh whether through instagram twitter facebook uh we all we try to as as much as possible without spamming people um make sure that our sponsors are on a lot of the things that we post so uh, while we don't do actual commercials for them uh typically although you might argue what what I just did was a commercial um uh, it does make that connection from we're a very community focused we're we're fan and player owned team that represents our community and so any sponsor that's local uh, hopefully gets some of the benefit of of who we're who' were're we're sending uh, who's attracted to our social media. It's, it's gotta be, you yeah, gotta maintain,
0: maintain that community thing, right, that's the, that's the point.
1: Yeah, that's the whole point. And I might have, um, we're seeing kind of a change now in the the type of people that are getting invested in in clubs uh, down here in South Florida. Um, I thought there would be perhaps more interest in a club that um is focused on representing the community and the people in the community and things like that but and I don't know necessarily from the fan perspective but from the player perspective the newer clubs seem to be drawing uh more player interest and it could just be you know it's the shiny new uh thing shiny new car concept um But uh, it's something that I just have been dealing with for, it seems like past couple of seasons.
2: So I I think that's one of the things too, and it's funny, you guys, we're um, coming up on our fifth anniversary in 22 as well here. This, I guess I think it was May, technically the business was officially formed, but um, I, I think that's one of the things that we have to remember, you know, in operating clubs at this level is, you know, it's great. You feel great, right? You get through the third year hump, and right, everybody goes well. The first three years are tough. Well, okay, we got through that. The third year was a pandemic. I mean, a like shut the world down pandemic. Uh, right. Year four was a we don't know what this is going to look like coming out of a pandemic, and I think we're continuously trying to reinvent, not not necessarily our brand, but just to like keep plugging along. Right, And I think Nick Nick shared with you before, I mean, he lives an hour away from us. And, you know, I think he thinks that we know everybody, Us, you know, some of us involved locally. And, and there's neighbors two houses down that don't know that I'm involved with this club. And right. I think there's, I'm sure in your geographical area, it's the same way. Like, you almost never feel like you've actually, like, I haven't made it. We haven't made it yet you know, 98 out of a hundred people have never heard of us. And one of, one of each of those two has heard of us, but doesn't know a thing other than they saw the logo once. And the potential for the clubs at this level is huge, but how do you continue to develop yourself year on year? Um, And to your point with the player recruitment and things like that, I mean, how do you, how do you separate yourself from the club down the road? And I think at some point it just becomes, you know, becoming true to what you are about and right being true to, hey, we're going to give you an experience. And if it's not right for you, there's always 700 more 18 year olds graduating high school and true. ready, ready that would love this opportunity. And if it means we're not necessarily winning trophies every year, but we've got the right character of people, then so be it. And um I sometimes I just talk Nick gets tired of me talking so I'll I'll shut up. No 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 one I day- think
1: that is that is exactly what we're going through right now John as far as um the character of the player and um it's interesting because when when I started to notice the issues with the player commitment and so on and we had just lost a game and I'm talking to one of the coaches for the opposition and he's like listen we used to have probably one of the most individually talented talented teams in the league and he's like but we couldn't we weren't a team and he's like I'll take the guys with the right character or the right attitudes over the the really good player with, with the bad attitude any day of the week it's like a poison you know he, he says it just spreads and it does it, it a lot faster than I expected um it just spreads the over the whole team um and uh, we kind of had to there were some core players that we knew were committed and 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 were the type of players that we've wanted and have been fortunate to have. And uh, they're still with us. But we kind of had to just get rid of the rest of them and um, recruit uh, new guys. And, and we're very, sorry, just real quick. We're very fortunate. I, it, it, something struck me when you said coming out of high school. Uh that's a, a resource for us as well. But we're very fortunate in the fact that this is kind of a big immigrant uh, area. So there's a new there, there are new players coming up, up from Latin America or the Caribbean or wherever, uh, you know, all the time. So that's another resource for us. And we're thankful to have them the, some of the best character wise as well. Players that we've ever had are are immigrants. Yeah, I think I think it's it's a ton of value in having those right, um, those
2: those right character people both on the field and off the field, and the right coaches that believe in the mission, and the right you know sponsors that understand they're not sponsoring the Premier League. Um, right. It's it's a different thing at a different level at a different dollar amount, and it's really I think people like you and me and and so many others, you know, we don't have all the answers. And if we we allow them, you can throw a, a sponsorship deck out to people. But I'm sure if they go, hey, I like this and this and this, but I don't like this and this. Can we do this? You'd go, yes, we can, because we're, This isn't suit and tie, and right. You know, this is this is the guy on the corner trying to do something good for his community, and I think that allows some uh, some more creativity in what we do and what we can provide for sponsors. Have you had the same experience with sponsors? over your five years where you get you get a sponsor you create a relationship for the most part they come back year on year no pandemic pandemic threw everything out of whack a little bit
1: yeah it kind of did really um some of our our best sponsors and the ones that have been most interactive are the ones who uh i don't know i guess usually have some sort of experience in the game. and uh like you said it just depends like we had a uh a, a fitness gym uh sponsor at one point and he was great um but i think because he was more of like a small uh business owner when when things went south he was kind of like you know i'd love to still be a part of it but i can't financially commit to it again um and that was back when our sponsors our sponsorships were were even cheaper. So. Um, yeah, you know, uh we've had one that's come back several times and he's a he uh, he owns his own um shipping business, but he's also a pastor and he's very involved in the community and he at one time in the beginning was our head coach, so uh he's got uh lots of connections with our club and um so we're out, we're happy to have him and um yeah, we're just I guess you know, we we always put it out there when when we need sponsors, which is uh, almost every season, and um, we've been we've been very fortunate.
2: That's cool. What's, um, from a match day perspective? Um, what does your match day look like? You know, when you when you host, what's that experience like?
1: Right. So we are, the field we use now is owned uh, or in a park owned by by the county um and it's actually really nice looking but it's a former landfill um and uh so we have our own field um we have to provide our own nets the county doesn't put nets on the goals have to line the field which i do pretty much on my own and takes about the first time takes at least 4 hours probably um and uh so get all that ready get the flags up uh get our players out there a, a, an hour before match time and there's usually a couple of stragglers, but uh, take we have a uh, we bought a one of those um speakers uh that you can hook you know, stand up speaker that you can hook to your phone and get some music going. And we're we're we do have uh some fans that show up and we're thankful for that and uh just try to make it a lot of fun and festive and then uh we want to win all the time so. So you're on
2: a, you're on a field, you're not listed like in a high school stadium or anything like that. You're in a park field where you're doing a lot of the maintenance. And then, so I assume you don't have, it's not gated. So you don't
1: charge admission or anything to your games or anything. Right. Not yet. I mean, that is certainly a step that we want to take, but I think for now, I mean, they do have like small bleachers. Um, I think for now we're still, we're still building our, our fan following. So, uh, It costs significantly more to rent out a high school stadium, and we're trying to be—we're not in the red, so we're trying to stay stay that way. (laughs) So let me let me
2: challenge you there, just because you brought it up. So I've obviously have some—I've had a handful of conversations with Nisa Nation and stuff, and you you mentioned—you know—that's maybe not for sure, but that's sort of the trajectory you hope to be on. I know the minimum standards for Nisa Nation cost. Um, costs associated with the minimum standards, all those kinds of things from the outside, having only met you 45 minutes ago, that right. seems like a big jump yeah, financially and otherwise. So again, not telling you you're wrong in any way. I just, I like to hear how people plan, you know, in the short-term and long-term for that. There's always a jump to the next thing and there's always right. challenges, how do how you, planning for all
1: of that yeah that's that's strategically in the works um when we were initially supposed to uh join nisa nation in the spring uh we were under under the assumption because we had had meetings where there were other south florida clubs involved and it wasn't until like a month ago or it might even been less that we found out that none of the clubs that were that are playing in the Florida region uh, division is in South Florida. They're all in Orlando or points north. I think they might have added one a little bit closer to us, but not by much. And so we had to have the discussion with uh, Nisa Nation and John Rednar and uh, kind of explain because the, they had just switched from um, Uh, The guy's name is escaping me, Patel, Ron Patel, had left and John had come in. So there was some, uh, you know, getting up speed for John, Uh, you know, explain to him, you know, that what what was happening as far as the division was not what we had been sold, so to speak. Um, So it's going to take number one, there needs to be a better and bigger uh, South Florida representation. Number two, uh, we have to figure out how to, how to cover all the costs that are gonna be involved because there's significantly more travel involved as well. Um, and then uh, we have to get the right kind of players, which I told you we're working on right now. Um, and then we also need to really drum up and figure out how to how to do some um, fundraising that's gonna get us through their fall season
0: yeah I, th- I think
2: that's always the thing right it's chicken or the egg and i think some people think well i'm going to join this and i this isn't this, this isn't about you but i uh, you know at this level of soccer people go ah, i'm going to join this league and then the sponsors will come or the fans right. will show up because we're in this league and and nick laughs i think all the time that I, I i'll tell you what there isn't uh six people at our games out of 300 that know what league we play in. And where the opponent is from, aside from the marketing that we've done ahead of, you know, if we played in the DeKalb County League and put on a good show, I, you know what I mean? I I don't think that's a condition of of participation for our fans. So I always, I always think it's interesting. Like in some ways, you want to do a, you want to do like, hey, this is where I want to go. I need to raise X number of dollars. Right. I, I need to do that before I even sign on the dotted line, because right. otherwise, you know, you could I am I always get worried for clubs that take a big step and then they go, oh, man, I just you know here you are scratching out five hundred dollar checks every week. I mean, it's like it, it, right. that's what's. it's scary to me. And it, there's a, a million things wrong with um, soccer, I think, in this country. But you're absolutely right. You have to find you want to make the jump, but the jump has to make sense. So you don't outkick yeah. coverage so to speak
1: yeah definitely um okay and that is is one reason uh just real quick that's one reason i think we, we've we been able to stay in the black as far as we have because unlike so far <laughs> uh unlike some clubs or teams or whatever we're never afraid to go up and back down and whatever um if it gets back to a wreck, uh type of situation i'm not sure but um there's three, at least three different leagues that we could be a part of here in South Florida. Um, so, and they all have different, um, competitive strengths, I guess, so to speak. Uh, and, uh, the the good thing is it keeps probably the price down. Um, UPSL at one point tried to really, uh, raise the price and, and, uh, Every, most of the best teams left because of that.
2: Don't get me started. Go ahead, Nick.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm just, I, I I do not have my fit in my nose in the books at all. I don't I don't understand. Well, I don't understand numbers. But um, the numbers I do understand. How many people are coming to a regular game? Would you say on approximately? Are we talking tens, hundreds, thousands?
1: Oh no! It's uh, if we get a hundred, that's that would be big. That would be right. big. I think right. it's probably happened once or twice, but um, it's in the tens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, was... Just to be honest, it's it's in the tens. Um, yeah. So and, then, and, I'm, I'm, yeah, go ahead.
0: I'm going to I'm going to challenge you then again. Um, aside from the focus on the player pool, which we discussed, and aside from the focus on the sponsors, which we discussed, um, what's the focus on? doubling that by the end of the season or troubling that by the end of the season.
1: For sponsors and fans? Is no, just, fan just fan attendance players?
0: wise, just fans. Like how oh, is there, is there a plan uh, of foot?
1: Yeah. Is there a plan of foot to get more people through the gate? You know, there isn't right now. There really isn't. There are so many other things to worry about in the operations, uh, realm that, uh, I just feel like, I mean, it would be lovely to have that uh, happen, uh, and it's not going to happen just because you want it to happen, but we try to, I, I I would never say that we've had a targeted strategy to get uh, that many more fans out there, but what we do do is post continuously on uh, social media, which a lot of the local people respond to, it just hasn't turned into them showing up at matches.
2: I think it's I think it's interesting too because, you know,
1: uh, we've said it on every
2: podcast that you the club should grow to the size the community supports and it really sounds um like I mean if you're in the black every year, you're going to you, I mean break even, you last forever, right? I didn't I'm not the first person to say that, but if you can break even, your club can go on forever. And if you can do it with 15 people watching, for free then so be it you know i mean yeah. like, like there's it's not, and I, I don't feel we're not certainly not criticizing we uh, we like to hear what people are doing so we can steal your ideas and try to implement them sure. ourselves. Usually. no no
1: I, I, um, I, I get it um but,
2: but I and think and, really cool that you've been able to be successful and and sustainable to this point really without having to put an emphasis on it
1: yes and um you know every now and then i try to ask for you know, for whatever reason, a special match of some sort or whatever, it last mat- home match of the season for more people to come out. I don't know that that's ever led to more people coming out. Maybe it has. Um But um uh forgot what I was going to say now. But um
0: uh, it'll come back to me. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I don't want to fall out with you here, Christine, at all. But I think I am – I disagree with John and I fundamentally disagree with you when you said that there's more important things on the operation side to be worrying about than attendances. Um, from my personal perspective, I can't see what that could possibly be because if the crime, if the crowds aren't, if the the community isn't invested in coming, you're going to get bored and it's just going to die.
1: Yeah. And, and that, that could happen very well. Um, so, uh, I, I am respectful of your, uh, opinion about that. Um, I will say this, um, uh, me personally, I am too involved in too many things and I'm sure John is, uh, has been, or will be, and, or is now, um, and you're, you're only, you can only be spread so thin. It's hmm. like, uh, the amount of energy it would take, uh, for me to transit, you know, flip that switch and, and be more of a, a Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going after getting more people out there when I, when I struggle to get players to show up to matches sometimes, and I have to go out there and paint the field and I have to go out there and I have to put the net on. And I have to make sure that the referees get paid, have to make sure that the County gets paid. Um, you know, it's all these different things. And uh, on top of that, sometimes I got to coach the team. It's uh, it's just like, uh me working on drumming up fans to come out is like I just got to make sure we can even get through this match you know and then as soon as that match is over you're kind of well you got to recharge for a moment um and then start focusing on next weekend's match
2: you know what makes you feel good about that recharge is when you have a beer partnership oh man let me tell you you go drink, you go drink, and then you're doing it on behalf of the club it, and it really you allows you, it allows you to be in full support of the club at all times absolutely.
1: yes it's it's mandatory it has to be a liquid recharge of that description
2: okay. <laughs> absolutely
1: what does success mean to the breakers? What does it look like That is a good question I don't know if it's changed kind of morphed a little bit over the past five years my idea in the beginning um was that more than anything else it was kind of what john touched on just a second ago which is just you know be in the community constantly beat the drum of we are the community club you know we're here for um we're not representing a pub not there's anything wrong with that uh we're not uh you know, a business, uh, we're a nonprofit, it's all about, to me, the big picture was let's create a traditional style, uh, football club, soccer club where, and this could, can still be the dream, right? Um, people are, are start the club when they're, as soon as they can kick a ball and they're ready to get out there until they take their last kick and one foot in the grave. Um, you know, we would offer youth. We would offer uh, developmental to, to uh, college and semi-pro or pro and then offer uh, opportunities all along that line, as well as when you get older, we'll have senior teams. We'll have women's teams. We'll have uh, beach soccer teams. Well, I mean, the whole idea was if it's soccer related, then Palm Beach Breakers is, is your club. And not only that, but it represents West Palm Beach and the, the greater area around West Palm Beach uh, should always have, you know, players involved from the community and would hopefully stand the test of time. And the fact that it would be fan and player owned means that the community not only would feel like it's a resource for them, but it would also feel like they own it because they literally would have, would own it. Yeah. longevity no, yeah it's uh, rather than trophies it's longevity right so the longer we can stay and 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 maybe in some ways you know like you said the, keeping our nose above water and and uh you know not going into the red in some ways maybe that is a success story but now we got it's hard to do <laughs> it's hard to do that every year
2: <laughs> you you um we say this all the time, too. You can't make an impact in the community if that's your mission. You can't do that if you don't exist. So right. Sacrificing short term competitions or tournaments or whatever. Um, right. Yeah. You, you can hire somebody to paint those lines for you. Right. But you're you can't add line items to the budget yet. You're you're not there. Right. But I think that's uh, I, I absolutely I, I think there's a lot you you're doing a lot more of those. Specific things than I do. I I'm kind of more big picture, involved with a lot of stuff. But um, yeah, see, we, we I, call want, it lazy I want a job John. like
1: your. I want a job like yours, John. <laughs> pod, pod, you want a podcast? You want to do some podcasting? <laughs> yeah, Actually, John, John's doing himself was... a
0: disservice. He may not get his hands dirty on the playing side, but he does so much behind the scenes, um, much like yourself. Right, the club, neither of your clubs would appear to exist if it wasn't for one person driving that no matter how many volunteers you've got behind you, um, you're lucky if you stumble across someone else in a convenient location who's got your drive. So nine times out of ten you just have to do it yourself and pray that the wind is following you. That uh perfectly said, and, Nick.
2: And 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 I'll tell you this, Christian, too, my, my biggest uh my biggest personal success story is to be able to retire from this volunteer job and have right. the club continue with the next generation of leadership. Right. Because I won't ever feel like we've made anything happen if I have to have my fingerprints on it. You know, right. I want things to continue to evolve to the point where I go, hey, guys, I'm stepping off the board and I'm going to be a super fan and bring my kids and I'll be a lifetime member and all these things. But it's not mine anymore. It's not mine right. now, but it's really not mine anymore. Don't call me.
1: Yeah. My you know? my vision board for the future uh, is me sitting in the stands. <laughs> right
0: right yeah yeah two pieces yeah. of a well, absolutely
1: yeah. absolutely right
2: Christian I uh, appreciate your time is it's good to get to know your story a little bit because obviously we we do follow a lot of lower league Twitter stuff and your you know obviously your kids catch attention I think Nick I think Morgan's actually bought some stuff too and she's I I so. she's probably connected with you guys um yeah but yeah really cool to hear hear uh what you guys are doing down there in in Florida and, and wish you all the best
1: going forward. Thank you very much. Uh, pleasure to meet both of you, and uh, yeah, John. I've been following. DeKal- it's called Decob there, huh?
0: The L, El- no, you, we, we've, got got the up-
1: we've got the L, we've got the L. So it's I, I, I grew up in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and one of the counties there is Decab County, but it's yeah, spelled yeah. the same. We got a supporter group there too. They don't know. Yeah. They oh, don't that's know where cool. We play games, but.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it makes it the devil's own job like just doing Google searches for mentions though, I tell you that for nothing. Um yeah, Christian, uh, just to echo John, thank you very much for your time today. Um we wish wish you and the club the best of luck for the foreseeable future. Um should we have them across in the US Open Cup or whatever cup lies ahead, we wish you no success whatsoever. But until that moment, God bless you, sir. <laughs> that sounds great.
1: Thank you, thank you so thank much, thank but- okay. okay. All right. Shall return We were so glad We could make it But so sad We gotta run Well it might be A long time Till we raise another glass You can rest assured That next time We'll have ourselves a laugh Yeah we'll have ourselves a laugh oh, yeah.